It's hopefully prayer. That's always a good thing. So, uh, Lord, we just we just thank you for your word and for your revelation and for this class and for our friends and for Dr. Nancy. Lord, it's been such a wonderful, awesome year of getting to know you and getting to know more of you, Lord. And um, yeah, be with all of us tonight as we go through our papers, Lord. Um, calm our nerves. Uh, give us your words that, that that you want us to say, Lord, and just just lead us every step of the way, Lord. And, and thank you for the privilege of being able to do this. Lord. Um, it's a true blessing, and we really want to just thank you and honor you for that. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, my paper is on overcoming, and um, I have to admit that when I saw the verse, okay, great. Um, you know, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. I thought to myself, that's a mighty short verse to write a whole uh, paper on. But as I as I kind of kept going into it, um, it kind of made me think, you know, like one of the first things that I thought about is like, okay, well, you know, how does the world see conquering? And of course, the world sees conquering as something that we achieve or overcome, obviously, um, but it's always done in our own strength. It's our own ability. Um, you know, even better if we outperformed another person, because then that obviously means that we're a little bit better than them, you know, and um, this obviously creates a lot of pride in us, and it's this massive, you know, chase for success and materialism and everything like that, and if we can just have a little bit more money than the next guy, you know, then we will be so, then we're like better people. And this is this is how we like conditioned in the in the, in the world, you know. And it makes us it makes us proud. And it's 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 not just money. It's even like you know being mentally superior or even spiritually superior than other people. Um, but we we really conditioned to be, you know, better than other people. We just got to compare ourselves to other people all the time. This is what we learn what we learn from the world. And um, heaven's perspective is, I learned, completely, completely different. Um, from heaven's perspective, you know, overcoming is just a selfless, humble, giving over to the Lord and just accepting his grace and mercy. And um, it's not something that we can achieve. It's just something that we can believe. And it's a gift. So there's nothing proud about it. We can't take glory for it. You know, all the glory just belongs to the Lord. So... So that's kind of, um, you know, what I thought to myself. And I thought, okay, well, you know what, this is, this is, this is so much different. So, um, but also in these, in, these, in these three verses, I also realized that, it, you know, when Revelation says that these, the, the brethren that was being accused by the accuser overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So I realized that this is our entire Christian walk summed up into three sentences or three verses um and i thought to myself like this is this is amazing you know like and and in the world we try to just you know overcome and, and, and strive and, and and do more and do better we in the kingdom it's just like a surrender it's not a it's not a surrender of our freedom but it's a surrender to our freedom and um yeah so I'm going to read Revelation 12, verse 7 to 11 to kind of just give a little bit of context about what, I was, what I'm going to be writing about. Um, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought with you. 
and his vengeance and prevailed not. Neither was the place found in one heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before the, before the Lord day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So the first thing I saw in this passage is, this was Michael and his angels fighting, but it wasn't God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit fighting the devil. Um, Jesus already overcame the devil. And I kind of got the impression that, you know, like God gave the eviction notice and the devil was like, no, I'm not going. And God said to Michael, Okay, sort him out, get him out of here. <laughs> you know, I kind of get that impression that, um, and and you know, he's been, and then then we get warned in this verse that, um, you know, the devil's now cast down to the earth, um, but he's been accusing us. He's been accusing us before, like since the since the since the end of since since forever, and he really doesn't like us. He, he hates us, you know, and. Um, now he's on earth, and now we've got to deal with him. And it kind of made me wonder, but okay, if Jesus already overcame the enemy, why why do we need a victory? And why do we need to overcome as well? And um, we're going to go, well, I'm going, hopefully going to touch on a little bit more than that. But the first thing that came to my mind is that, you know, like Jesus, Jesus is so awesome, you know, that when he, when we share in his death, he also wants us to share in his victory, you know, and in him, we can overcome and actually have the victory over there. So I'm going to break down the, the three parts of the verses and just deal with each individually. And um, the first one, obviously, is the overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We all know that Jesus is our Passover. He paid the price for our sins. Um... And we believe in him, and we believe that he died for our sins. We believe that he rose from the dead, and that he's victorious. So that's that's the first part about believing in the blood. Um, we lay claim to the blood, and what that means is that you know, once once someone lays claim to the blood of Jesus, it means that they've had the realization that they are sinful. Um, we have the realization that we are in need of salvation. We also have the realization that we can't save ourselves, and we realize that we fall way short from the glory of God, and we just can't do anything. Um, you know, the, the, my best day doesn't impress the Lord, and my worst day doesn't make Him turn His face from me. You know, and that's such a comfort. But also in doing that, and in realizing that, that's like almost like our first step into humility, which is a complete contradiction to the pride of of, of what we see in the world. When it comes to overcoming. Um, thirdly, we believe that salvation is not uh, just an invitation to a place. You know, yes, I'll save you, and yes, you're going to come to heaven. But we're going to be in, we're in a relationship with the living God, and this is something that I realized that God wanted from Adam and Eve from the beginning. We just wanted to be in a relationship with Him. Um, but of course, they sinned and. God was, as much as he wanted the relationship, um, it was going to be on his terms and not our terms because he is God and we are man. 
Um, and as much as he wants the relationship, you know, like the something needed to happen, righteousness needed to be restored. But thankfully, God made a covenant for us, which is number four, which is the fourth point. Um, he made a covenant with us in God, Jesus, he sent his son, and Jesus became the, the price for our sins. So all of a sudden, we're back in this relationship with God, and we believe him. And if if they if the word says they overcame by the blood of the lamb, then it means we had a we had a yearning for salvation. We believe that Jesus died for our sins. We believe that Jesus rose from rose from the dead. But the key of this whole thing is in the authenticity, because it's easy to say and it's easy to 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 try and act out, but it's it's about what you really really believe in your heart. And that's one of the other key things that makes our overcoming so non-prideful and comparable to others is that it's really a hard thing and, and, and it's only inside your own heart and it's between you and God that you can really go like, Lord, I really believe this, you know. And so, so again, there's no comparing yourselves to others except for the fact that, yes, we're all sinners. So, <laughs> so, so, um, so, yeah, so. We obviously ask God for forgiveness and we ask him to, to, to you know, kind of be involved in our lives and sanctify us. And um, in asking for this forgiveness and repentance, we are agreeing with God that we have a sinful nature. We need a savior. We need to repent from our sins. And that we have a desire to have a relationship with him. And that this is the free gift that, um, that, that the Lord gives us. Um, those who stand on the blood know that it's a new covenant. Um, the old, the old covenant is, is done away with. Jesus says, "This is my blood of the new covenant, the New Testament, which is shed for many." And we lay claim on the blood of the Lamb, and it's for our own salvation. For all the promises that the Lord has given us, we believe in. We believe that we have a right standing with God, and we believe that we're accepted by God. Um, and again, this brings us to it's not. It's not in our own things. There's nothing that we can add to the blood of Jesus. There's nothing that we can take away from the blood of Jesus. It's really just the overcomers know that it's because of the blood of Jesus that we're saved. Um, and that led me to an interesting point. You know, like in Revelation 12, verse 10, it, it says, like, you know, Satan is accusing the brethren before the Lord. Um, and I kind of realized that if... The, the word also says that you know if we if we confess our sins and we repent and we believe in the blood of Jesus, um, He remembers our sins no more. And effectually, that almost means that the devil throws false accusations at the Lord when He speaks about when He's accusing us because we are made in our sins are blotted out and we're forgiven. So when the devil accuses us and we've repented of our sins. I almost want to make a case to say that those are false accusations and that the devil's then actually lying. So the heavenly way to overcome is obviously then by trusting in the finished work of the cross. Okay. When there's no reliance on our own strengths and abilities, um, it's got nothing to do with outperforming anyone else. Um and 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 that is it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing because we're not elevated above with any other human. So there's there's, there can't be any pride or anything like that. We can only like humbly give thanks to the Lord that He saved us. Um, and in our relationships with other people or strangers, whoever we encounter at the supermarket or whatever the case might be, 
whether it's a nice person or a person that's having a bad day or whatever the case might be, we can never say that, well, I'm I'm a little bit better than you because of anything, because both of us are sinners and we both needed salvation. And um, you know, I can the, the, the best thing I can do is lead you to the Lord and tell me about the Lord if you're not a Christian already. Um so, and even in this faith, even, even in this faith that we have in the blood of Jesus, the word also says that, you know, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So, so even in that, we are totally, totally reliant on Jesus. And, and you know, again, there's just nothing, nothing that we can, that we can do. Um, I kind of felt that this, that this first part, which is, which is, you know, like the overcome by the blood of the lamb, you know, this is, God is, doing the action he did the action and the only thing we can do is respond and even in a response it's 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 a it's an unction by the spirit to respond to the word of the lord you know but it's a it's a it's a it's a reactive um, thing that we're doing so when we believe in the in the blood of the lamb it's a it's, it's us reacting to the holy spirit and and it's a passive kind of thing and it's a reactive kind of thing and that's kind of where I feel we start. Um, that kind of brings me to the second part of the of the thing, and which is and they and you know they overcome by the blood of the word, by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony. So the first thing I wanted to kind of figure out is like, okay, well, what is testimony? You know, what what is a testimony? And so what is a testimony, and where do we testify? And what is the what is the result of our testimony? So, um, the word used in in, in Revelation twelve verse eleven for testimony is the word matura, which which means evidence to be given, a record to be given, a testimony or a witness. All right. So if we if we now then believe in the blood of the Lamb, we're reactive. But now our faith and our faith walk turns into something that's maybe a little bit more proactive. We now have to we now kind of like we really believe the promises of the Lord and there's a couple of things that we can testify about we can simply testify about our story and tell our story about what Jesus has done in our lives um also the way we conduct our lives I think that oftentimes our lives speak more than we think you know and um I think if we conduct ourselves according to what the word says you know People take notice sometimes when we don't take notice, they're taking notice. So um, it's the evidence of the of the work of the works of the Lord in our lives, you know, and it's the it's the evidence of the sanctification process in our lives that becomes a testimony. And, and our life itself becomes a testimony. Paul also says, um, you know, that we must always be ready to give an account for, for why we believe what we believe. So um the second part of testimony is also like he's written, you know, the Lord's written word and, and the promises that he's made. Um, the promises that he's made that's fulfilled, you know, and that really, really builds us up when, we, when we've seen the works of the Lord in our lives in the past. But it's also the works of the Lord that he promises to do in our futures, you know. So this is also where faith comes in. So with testimonies, it's not just historical testimony, but it's also testifying of the word of the Lord and testifying of the promises he's made for our future. Um, and this builds our faith. You know, we remember the past, it encourages our faith, and it builds our faith to trust for the promises of the future. Um, our testimony should be a report of not only what the Lord has done, but who we have become. Um, 
how has, how are our lives changed? How are our hearts changed? Um, you know, and 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 those types of things. Um, but our testimony, excuse me, our testimony also helps us to keep the enemy at bay in our lives. You know, like uh, there's there's an authority in our testimony, um, especially when we testify the word to our own situations. You know, like um, we could easily have a funny thought, Paul says, take all thoughts captive, um, you know, and we can tell that thought, listen, I'm testifying about the word of God. This is not what you should be thinking, brain. Do something else. Think of something else. Or think of it in a different way or whatever it is. Um, so, 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 so that is kind of like what I feel testimony is. And then I kind of thought, okay, well, what is testimony? What, what else is testimony? So there's this is another proactive thing that we do, and it's taking back territory from the enemy. All right. When we testify, one of the things, or testi testifying is one of the ways that we can take territory back from the enemy. All right. So, testimony takes territory. Um, and the first territory that testimony takes is in our own hearts. All right. We really. I personally really when I when I need a faith boost or a, someone makes me really angry and I have to go like I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and you have a bad day. Um, you know, it really, really helps to go and remember, oh my goodness, I remember when I felt the Lord's presence at this time of my life, or I felt the Lord's presence there, or I saw the Lord do that, or whatever the case might be. So the first part is our own sanctification and the first piece of territory that we need to proactively take is within ourselves um we've got to align every single aspect of our lives with his will and i, I really believe that um you know testifying to our own hearts the word of god the promises of god the past things that we've experienced about god um, it really helps to align our, our hearts with the kingdom. And like, again, authenticity is key. Um, uh, you know, like we, again, we can't hide from the Lord. And again, it's like, did we really forgive a person? Um, you know, and it's, again, it's, it's easy to say like, I, I have forgiven that person. And suddenly like alone with God and God goes like, but have you really forgiven that person? <laughs> you know, so, so again, it's 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 authenticity that's the key um, when it's just between ourselves and God, and and this is sometimes difficult, but it's really really precious precious stuff. Um, and we've got to allow the Lord to sanctify our minds and our hearts through testifying the word to our hearts and and just testimony. Um, the second part that we can use testimony for is to win territory in the nations. You know, like I mean, every Christian, every Christian that I've met really enjoys telling other people about the Lord. And every Christian that I've met really enjoys when they can tell someone else about the Lord and actually bring them into the Lord, you know. Um, it's an awesome thing when you see someone that hasn't that, that wasn't a believer um, come to the Lord and, and give their lives to the Lord. So we're constantly on the lookout for this. And of course, this also includes testimony because we're bringing the gospel, we're preaching the gospel, we're testifying the word, we're testifying our experiences. Um, and this draws people to Christ. But again, um, in this, there's also a kind of a warning sign because we could also easily fall back into the first worldly trap where we kind of go like, I know so much about the Bible. 
I'm so clever. I'm such a good Christian. <laughs> Where we have to like really be careful of that because um, we've got to remember that it was just by grace alone that we are saved. And um, we've got to stay humble before the Lord and um, again, testify, testify the word to ourselves. Um, third piece of territory that we can also very proactively take is the devil's territory. You know, we've now kind of like gone like, okay, cool, we've got the territory of our own hearts. Um, we want to win people for the kingdom of God. Um, but there's also a very real um, territory of Satan that we, that, you know, by the word of our testimony, um, we are not powerless as Christians. And I'm specifically thinking when I say this about, um, you know, people that are under actual demonic bondage, we actually are told by Jesus, like, you know, go out and heal the sick and cast out demons and raise the dead. And these are instructions, and this is territory that we're taking back. And it, and, and it happens not solely through, but a big part of it is testimony and, and standing on the word of the word. Um, and we can literally, literally proactively take people away from the enemy and bring them to Christ. Um, so we can really go in and do that. Um, so um, I want to just find my place. I'm so sorry. So we we then basically become God's weapons, also through testimony, right? Um, and our, and we, our testimony helps people from bondage to freedom and liberation, and um, you know. So we so so testimony again is a proactive thing of our of our faith work, right? Then the last bit of the of the verse reads, and they loved not their lives unto death, and um, this really speaks to me of a real test of the authenticity of our faith. Um, and of course, we believe as Christians, and of course we know that you know when we die, it's not it's not supposed to be a massive thing because we're just going to be with Jesus and we're going to go to heaven and it's going to be awesome. But death marks the it marks the end of the race, almost, you know, and it, it's kind of like that's the requirement for us to be able to say, well, when we get to heaven and Jesus for Jesus to be able to say. You're on this side now. You have conquered. You know, you you, you have done this. So um, it's kind of weird because when I hit 40, I had a real thing with, oh my goodness, I'm halfway there. Oh, I'm gonna die. You know, and um and 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 just realizing this kind of gave me a little bit of hope that um, you know, like death is not it just reminded me, death is not the end, but it's a requirement. You know, if we ever want to be called overcomers. Death is a part of it because it speaks to that. Wow, we really believe that there's not there's no way that you are going to fake believe something until you die. It's only that you it's only the stuff you really, really, really believe that you'll take with you forever. Um so yeah. Um it's simply yeah, it's simply the end of the race for us. So and then in this, I also in overcoming, I also kind of thought to myself, okay, well. Um, you know, there's a lot of interpretation on the seven letters that um, the Lord wrote to the seven churches. But also, because there's a lot of, um, you know, rewards promised for those who overcame, you know, I kind of thought that that's also 
you know, it could speak to a lot of things, but for me, I kind of thought that these are also good warnings and rewards for our own lives, you know, and that, I mean, that I think that we could personalize these. Um, and it also made me think about, you know, how does Jesus approach this? You know, and in these letters, he firstly goes and he says, this is what you do right. You know, this is what I love about you. You know, and it's so awesome that, like, we have such a loving father that always just sees the good in us first. You know, that's that's his go-to place. Like, ah, this ah, this is what I see about you that's great. Um, and then secondly, he chastises them, you know, and, and any, a father cannot be a loving father unless you chastise your children. There's just no, there's just no way. If you, if you don't help your children on the right path, you do not love them. It's as simple as that. So the fact that the Lord takes the time to say, listen, this is what you must fix. This, this is how you need to overcome. You know, it, it shows his investment in our overcoming completely, you know. And um, of course, then he promises a reward as well. So um, for Ephesus, he said, don't lose your first love. And I think this can happen to us very, very quickly if we, if we become too sort of proud in our own progress in our faith walk as well. You know, we can love our faith walk more than we love the Lord, which would be, which would be a, problem, a problem. Excuse me, I need a second with it. And... Um, but he promises for those who overcome that they'll eat from the tree of life. For Smyrna, he said, um, the devil will cost some of you in prison. It means that your work is your work might be difficult. You know, as a Christian, there, there seems to be there seems to be a lot of thinking out there that you know when you're a Christian, Jesus is just going to sort out your whole life for you. Um, he's going to pay with your credit card. Um, you know, he's going to your life's just going to be wonderful and comfortable, and that's simply not true. Um, he, he might pay with your credit card for you, and I'm not saying that he won't. But but as as believers, we are supposed to be overcomers, and if we over the, just mere term overcoming um, implies a certain amount of difficulty, and lots of obviously different believers have different things that they need to overcome, which are which are hard. But we shouldn't expect the easiest life in the world. So, so yeah, Jesus warns them and says, listen, the devil will cost some of you um, in prison, but overcomers will not be hurt again in the second death. So that's it. Um, for, for Pergamon, he warned that not to have idols or to commit fornication. And um, I found it interesting that these two are sort of put in the same sentence because it kind of implies that um, having an idol is, you know, committing fornication against the Lord um, because we're part of the bride of Christ. But again, overcomers are going to eat from a hidden manner and the Lord will give them a white stone with a new name that no one knows except him. For Thyatira, um, he warned about false teaching and again about fornication, you know, not being led astray. Um, but overcomers are promised to have power over the nations. And I also, I also found that that interesting that um, those who are able to discern false teaching, would Jesus will give them power over the nations. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, in the letter to Sardis, he warned, he warned us about our works, that our works must be perfect against, um, against the Lord. That's also something that, again, for all these things, for all these things that the Lord's warning us for, I also thought, I can't do that. Like, I, this is impossible for me to do. It's impossible for me to not, some, I, you know, I can remember not to lose my first love. I can remember not to, um, 
uh, you know, listen to false teaching or whatever it is. But you're not going to do that all the time. So even in the overcoming of these things, we need the Lord and we need the Holy Spirit to guide us um, in all of it. So so we're completely dependent on Him. Um, so okay, Sardis, the works must be must be um, perfect before the Lord, and um, the overcomers will have white garments. And their names will not be blotted out of the book of life, but Jesus himself will confess their names before the Father and his angels. To the church of Philadelphia, Jesus encourages the ones that have little strength um, and promises that they'll be a pillar in the temple of the Lord, just like Samson. Um, for Laodicea, he wants us not to be lukewarm, but overcomers will be granted to sit on his throne. So, so all these things we need Jesus for. So in conclusion, you know, it was so interesting because this, for me, summarizes our entire faith walk, you know. Um, when Revelation says, cool, they, you know, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, um, and they love not their lives unto death. It really speaks to fear, authentic, believing the Lord, faith, um, complete faith in the Lord, complete submission to the Lord, complete submission to the sanctification process that the Holy Spirit puts in our hearts. The faith was taken into action, you know, when we when we when we gave our testimonies, our testimonies would lead us to places where miracles happen, but we're doing the works of the Lord when we're testifying about it. Um, and loving not your life unto death just speaks to that you've endured it all the way to the to the end of this world. And where Jesus welcomes you and says, Well done, good and faithful servant. And that is what I have. Amen.